Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and J.C. And it starts right now. Oh, welcome back <laughs> to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers, by writers who hate writing. We are fired up today. We have a fantastic guest coming up. We have Mr. Mr. Henry, Sir Henry Winkler Yay. will be joining us, and we are excited about that. You'll get- Could you bidee, bidee, bidee that more? <laughs> you got Miss, uh, uh, sir, uh, sir, we uh, got bidee, uh, 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 the Vons. First joke of the day, Winkler. <laughs> I should have interrupted. Sorry, Goldie, that was so good. <laughs> oh, I heard first joke of the day in there, yes. Yeah, it's calling in me, there. Calling me Porky Pig will always get you first joke of the day. <laughs> That's a very- very apt description. Apt. Porky pig. Anyway, we are thrilled to have him and thank him in advance for his time. He does yes. not know what this podcast is, clearly, when he agreed to talk to us, but we're we're excited for that. Uh, but something else, Goldie, that, that I'm excited that you finally dipped your foot into the Top Gun Maverick Ooh. pool. Let's, so let's let's talk. Now we can finally talk about it. Yeah, I saw it the way it's meant to be seen on a cell phone on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> really on a cell phone? Yeah. Ah. Uh. And then I watched it again last night, actually, most of it with my wife yes. on our TV. Yeah, it, it, it definitely bears rewatching. I, I've watched it, I think, three times now. It's but great. What, what, yeah. the, give, us, give us some of your thoughts. Loved it. Me too. Same. You know, <laughs> from the beginning, they're, they're obviously going for the nostalgia. Now, I do have a little bit of a problem with these movies that the sequel comes out, what, 30 years later? More. <laughs> yeah, or even Avatar, where it's... 13 years or so where you just go look man i've i've got other things going on in my life i y- you should catch me up to speed a little bit right. a little bit yeah don't like, make it, assumptions it can't be all on me to go oh yeah i remember goose and all like i oh i didn't have pubic hair when the first one came out and now my pubic hair is all falling out now, so now all you have that's is a lot of hair. life <laughs> yeah. in between like 
so I don't really remember. Like I, I remember there was a guy named Goose. Wait, you don't remember Goose? <laughs> I remember. No, I watched it once and forgot about it. I mean, I, I wasn't like it didn't dominate my life for thirty years. Like oh, any I watched it so many times beyond a paragraph of. In 1969, yeah. they started a thing, and it's <laughs> called, thing. the aviators call it Top Gun, Ding. and you're caught up. And it's like, <laughs> I, I'm not, but okay, <laughs> you think I am, so oh. okay. So that was my first reaction. Sure. I, well, I, I thought, and, and, and we talked about it a little before we went on air, but to me, this Top Gun Maverick far outstriped the original. Like, And I think we're, wow. Goldie, we're kind of in the same boat that... As as you just described, Top Gun didn't. It was good, you know. It was it was it was a fun movie in '86. It kind of like kicked butt. It was sort of a Reagan era, right. like Go America kind of thing. And Tom Cruise was certainly, you know, becoming like a huge movie star. Yeah. That was probably his, you know, when he became the number one star in the world. But to me, Top Gun Maverick was much better as a movie. Hot Shots was better than Top Gun. <laughs> Second joke of the it day. It was funnier funny. and more important <laughs> and more at the Im- time. More important. And maybe this will revitalize the Hot Shots franchise, which is, <laughs> I love Hot Shots. Yes. But so it was a great movie. And, and seeing the font was exciting. It's an iconic font. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, 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 we talk about the font and today we have the font. The fonts. So, I mean, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> it's a whole. Amazing. Uh, and you and I talked about it, the the Won't Get Fooled Again montage. Unbelievable. One of the best montages I've ever seen. Oh, yes. the flight one? Yes. Oh, my God. The flight training and just... Saw it. Listen, Won't Get Fooled Again has been used a lot. Like, it's not one. It's not like they found a new song to, to blow <laughs> us away with. They used a great song in the best possible way. The irony that they were getting fooled over and over. That wasn't lost on me. Uh, yeah, it was lost on me. That's a great point. Oh, I I, I understood right away they, they're going to get fooled again and again and again. I did not and that, catch that. Hence all the push-ups. The sublime juxtaposition uh, of people it. being fooled over. with the song Won't Get Fooled Again. Uh, that is art. Uh, so, no, but the fir- so the first of my sort of like not problems, but where I roll my eyes a little bit is so you've got the the greatest fighter pilots in the country, and they they're all coming together in a bar, and they're getting to meet each other for the first time. <laughs> and the song "Slow Ride" is playing on the juke because that's what people today get excited about. Yeah. Like we're having a good time. Let's get together. Let's put on let's put on "Slow Ride." <laughs> So obviously, like, this thing was written by someone who's, like, 70 years old. (laughs) It's like, what's a a new current song people are listening to? (laughs) And uh, and by the way, I I I actually have a story about clearing the song Slow Ride for a different production. When I was working on the Showbiz show with David Spade, which we would – it was, like, just pre-YouTube enough that – we did own the market briefly on here's like a funny clip that's on TV and we did something with it. Right. So one of the things was that there was a commercial for the jazzy scooter and it involved like <laughs> five elderly people in various stages of physical decline on jazzy's riding in formation. And I had the idea, like we should take this clip, 
and add the fog hat song slow ride yes great idea we produce it we show it it's very funny in the rehearsal and then the clearance department comes up to me and says like listen we're supposed to tape tonight and air tomorrow there's no way we can get clearance in that short a time for the song slow ride yeah and i say yeah, you can. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Nice. Like, what else is Fog Hat doing right now? <laughs> right. Just call. And so they go back, you know, because the, the the people never want to make an effort. They never no. want to do their job. They never want to do anything. So I agree. Say, we can't get it. And I go, I hey, just make the call. <laughs> and then tell, after you failed, just tell me I'm an idiot. <laughs> right, right. Just try. Literally, try. Fog Hat picks up the phone on half a ring. Is like, we'll do it. <laughs> Wait, you can use it however you want. <laughs> So, like, they'll they'll clear the song for anything. But anyway, so we're in this bar scene, and the jukebox gets unplugged, and everyone's mad because they were listening to Slow Ride. And then they, Miles Teller, our friend from the offer, takes the takes the piano, and he starts tickling the ivories, and he starts playing <laughs> Great Balls of Fire. Yes. And everyone, all the Gen Z and millennials, they go nuts. Yeah. And they all join in, because this is a Gen Z anthem. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone knows the words to and you as you pointed out when I talked to you before, what did you say when I said Yeah, I don't know the words to that. No. <laughs> Even I <laughs> at 50. as decrepit as I am, if someone started playing Great Balls of Fire, I'd be like, can just fucking come on, man. That's like it's like, what was next? He's gonna play like Bach, minuet, and D, and the and the bar goes nuts. Holy shit! What a what a Yeah! Oh, they go nuts for a fugue. So that was kind of that felt like a bit of a misfire to me. But can I say can I say a fugue, good men? Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, dude. Sure. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so then the, the second eye rolly moment for me was they go to the beach. Yeah. They're playing football. <laughs> there are two footballs. <laughs> They're lining up against each other. So I'm going, what the fuck? I didn't notice that. <laughs> like, can you just play regular football? And then they're throwing it. They're catching it. They're having a great time. And these are again the, the supposedly the the top physical specimens of the country. None of them can believably throw a football. Like their, their form is fucking garbage. <laughs> they just look so bad throwing a football yes. that you go. You should have shut down production for two weeks. <laughs> Brought in an NFL quarterback and made them look believable, but whatever. So okay, they can't throw a football. Not at all. So then Tom Cruise is is watching from a from his perch on the beach, and he's very pleased with what's going on. John Hamm, you widen to show John Hamm's next to him. He goes, "What's this?" And he says, uh, "It's what did he call it? Fighter uh, dog fight football. Dog fight oh, football. Yeah. Everyone's on offense and defense at the same time." So if I'm John Hamm in that team, I'm going, what? <laughs> so like, cause, so are they playing their downs simultaneously? Like, cause in football, you you have to stop in between every play. Right. So they're obviously not running their plays simultaneously. So everyone's just running around. So you go, that makes no fucking sense. Like in None. in any world, and and the players themselves would be like, wait a second. What are the fucking rules here? Where are the end zones? So can we go into their end zone too? And it's like, why not just 
Have three footballs. What? <laughs> right. hey, give everyone a ball. Say there are no end zones, and if you go in the ocean, you have a touchdown. Like, none of it. How would that train anyone to anything or build teamwork for anything or do right. anything? But but then at the end, they're all, like, hoisting one guy. And like, would, would you go, hey, we just lost. Let's hoist the winner on our shoulders. So that... That it sucked. Did, it didn't track. And I mean, of course, as That's we discussed the, the whole time I was watching that scene thinking, how could I devise a shirts and shirts football game? Because, <laughs> 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 of course, they're all ripped, including Tom Cruise, who at 60 is still infuriatingly like, ripped. What? Tom, Tom Cruise is a national treasure. I mean, yes. this, he's not, amazing. That we, not that we needed to solidify that anymore. <laughs> yes, he's got the weird, the Scientology, the jumping up and down on the couches. But... He is a fucking movie star, yes. and I think I think he's the greatest movie star of all time. I think he is. Right, like box office well, true well, movie he, star. It also highlighted in this film the discrepancy between him and the younger generation who yeah. just doesn't have the magic. And they're not yeah. bad actors. They, I thought they were all the cast was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even the guy who was supposedly the ace... <laughs> didn't have enough of a quality where I said to myself, I've got to learn that actor's name. I just felt like Glenn Powell. <laughs> just kind of generic though. Just yeah. didn't not, not memorable, not I enough w- to base a sequel on like the new generate. Like I wouldn't watch a movie with him at the center of it. See, I, it's funny. I, I liked him, but you're, I liked your, him. Your, your point was proven out because he was just in another movie that came out about, Top Guns, about fighter pilots. He played a fighter pilot again, and the story happened to be about my friend's father. It was called Devotion. And it was about two fighter pilots in the Korean War, one white, one black. And he was the first black aviator in the Navy. And my friend's dad, they were wingmen. Oh, my God. And it's a great story, but it was a huge bomb. Like, nobody went to see it. So I think that speaks to your point that, like, Glenn Powell isn't packing them into the seats. Right. No, and, like, they just aren't of the ilk of, like, a Val Kilmer or a Tom Cruise. And even, like, even Val Kilmer without speaking, like, the gravitas he brings to something. There's just something about that yeah. generation where they were stars and i don't know if it's because there was no social media and they weren't competing with the internet and and that and obviously helped but they they also had that something extra yeah, yeah the actors. x factor it's yeah. very hard to find that x factor anymore maybe it's just too saturated with totally more. it's yeah you yeah. you have so many people now doing that whereas it used to be kind of a smaller pool and you could say well, here's a group of there. five or six people that are vying to be the number one star, and Tom Cruise grabbed it and has not let go for almost 40 years, which is wow. incredible. And and I'm sure you saw, you know, as I did, there's a new video of him for the next Mission Impossible movie. He just oh, yeah. did a, a bike stunt where he, he went up a huge ramp off a cliff, parachuted yeah. down himself with the bike falling next to him at 60. It's yeah. like the guy, the guy's amazing. Amazing. And, and yeah, go ahead. From a writing perspective, the Ooh. the one thing I loved about the movie was spoiler alert. It's been out for months. Guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. can spoil so, it. So, come on. <laughs> Don't get mad at When me. they had to steal the F14 and fight their way out with the old technology against yes. the new technology. Yes, that, I fucking loved that. That was and awesome. I, was, yes. I told you, it was like someone came to us and said, You have to beat this person at Madden 22. 
you have an Intellivision, they have a PS5. That's so <laughs> awesome. Like, okay. Perfect. Yeah. I got Let's this. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I thought that was a spectacular piece of writing and yeah. just r- so fun to watch. Yeah. So fun. And like there were moments in the third act where it had the danger of kind of devolving, like when when both he and Miles Teller were trapped behind enemy lines and they're looking at the enemy base and they see the old F-14, that ran the danger of being like, okay, this is hokey, but it totally worked. Like yes. th- that's where Tom Cruise is worth his weight in gold because you believe him doing that. Whereas <laughs> if you saw, you know, a couple of nobodies or people just, you know, wannabe stars doing that, you'd be like, fuck off. That's not realistic. But with Tom Cruise, you're like, yes, let's yes. do this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as you talked about, talk a little bit about the enemy. So the ambiguous. Yeah, enemy? That was a major difference. At least I remember the first one. It had to have been the Russians, right? Well, I but mean, by the way, I don't think they said really in the first no, one ambiguous. either. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember the first one, but I, it made me wonder the lack of specificity of the enemy that is their strategy to go into every market in the world and show it in Saudi Arabia and dub in the Israelis have a new reactor. And <laughs> yeah, then yeah. in the Israeli market go, the Saudis have a new reactor. Yes. And, and to just play to the worst jingoistic tendencies of whatever market they're in to just <laughs> insert the enemy. Or in every market, right. are they just saying like, it's whoever you think it is. And right. They made it so wonderfully great and confusing. It's like, this enemy is a desert stronghold in the wintry forest. It's yes. like, okay, well, where are we? I and, don't and know. Like when you were in the sea, how far were they flying <laughs> yes, right. to get yeah, what, there? What sea is that? We don't know. <laughs> no, we didn't. I never knew where I was except no. for San Diego. But it was great. And oh, my God, all the flying stuff. I mean, and that's what people went nuts over, of course, in the first movie, which yeah. was also great. But the flying stuff in this movie, the jets, you know, the F, F-16s F or F-18s, whatever they were using, flying in formation, flying and, the, and breaking the sound barrier with the, the air kind of breaking over the, the front of the ships, the different attack runs that you could see in Tom Cruise's face that he was actually in the plane as it took off off the aircraft. Yeah, you could see the G's in his cheeks. You could see his body movement like with every move. It was his authenticity, the fact that we all know so well that it's like he does his own stunts. He does his own stunts. He does his own stunts. Guess what? That's paying off to the tune of over a billion dollars at the box office for this movie. Whoa. And I read the other day that who are you, Pat O'Brien? Now and it's paying off to and, the tune and, of over. Let me what, let me tell you, one billion big ones at the box office. That is a boffo take, my friend. <laughs> and we sat down with Tom, who opened up his vault. <laughs> Like, I love that you get excited about the box. Why do you care? I'm, because I, I, listen, what is it? The the rising tide lifts all boats. Like, this this is good for Hollywood. It's good that Hollywood, in the midst of this COVID shit, and Tom Cruise for sticking to his guns and and when everyone was saying, you could release this on Paramount Plus and everyone will flock to that. He said, no, it's a movie theater movie. And he was right. And yeah. he made a hundred. He personally made a hundred million dollars off Ooh, of that. And, movie. and let me tell you what else I liked in this movie, my, yeah. oh. my friend. Here's Jake a little. O. Here's a little Goldie after dark. Yes, <laughs> Jennifer Connelly. Yes, she's the Love best. Her. Top of the, the tops. Yeah, you know, and her part, she was given nothing. 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 And she, she didn't she need made, anything. 
She made a lot out of it. Yeah, she yeah. made soup from a stone. And <laughs> yeah. she's someone who I use this phrase honestly with like there are some women from my high school class and, and you say they've kept their fastball. Jennifer oh. Connelly has kept her fastball. For real. She's yes. somebody like Robin Wright kept guess, her fastball. Guess how you know, old she is. Yeah. Jennifer Connelly? Yeah. 53. Oh, very good guess. 52. <laughs> 52. <laughs> 52. And she yes. looks like just perfection. She, she's amazing. Amazing. Yes. And so anyway, and an amazing we loved the movie. Yes. Way to go, Tom Cruise. You were waiting for our endorsement. And <laughs> yes, you got it. really it. was. <laughs> you got it. Let me, let me just ask uh, yeah. from, <laughs> just because, have you seen Requiem from a Dream? Yes. <laughs> dream. So <laughs> did you make the joke? Did you watch the movie with Tall? And when they were in bed together, <laughs> did you make the joke? Ass to ass, because I sure did. <laughs> no, see, you had the luxury of just being with your wife, so you could make that joke. I, 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 I would have done it in the theater. <laughs> I watched it with uh, Tall and all of my in-laws. Oh, that would have uh, been perfect. Oh God, no! But by the way, every one of them, from the ages of ninety plus down to you know, there were kids who were ten. Everyone loved it. Everybody yeah, loved awesome. the movie. Everyone was pumping their fist. You know, older people had tears at the right moments. It was it was just everything you want a Hollywood movie to be. Yeah. So fantastic great job. And uh, maybe great. we go to the beach later today and just we'll we'll play a little uh, dogfight football. What do you guys say? Shirts versus <laughs> shirts. shirts. <laughs> Two All footballs. Right. We'll bring three footballs. That that's right. Oh, that's maybe we'll just and then we'll. That's how we get the group to bond. Yes. <laughs> that's right. We need that team building for this. Podcast. Oh, one last thing. I yeah. got to ask you, did you like or dislike the moment where Tom Cruise just takes the manual? He takes the rule. <laughs> and do you think, does he treat it with respect? He was, he was busting it out. I thought he was going to start quoting reading from it. Me too. <laughs> what happened? Well, he, he just dropped it in the garbage, which I, I guess they keep a garbage can right on the runway. <laughs> For all the fighter jets? <laughs> it's that old podium garbage can. <laughs> yeah, that was because the that, person who's the person who's speaking a lot of times while speaking will start just throwing throw. shit out. <laughs> oh, that's so great. When he threw out the rule book, that's oh, rock and roll, man. Yes. That's that's no, that, so, that's that so... again was one of those moments where it was like the writer, you just go, Okay, man, it's not like nineteen eighty two. Yeah, that was so great balls of fire. What's this? Him to throw that out. Hey guys, you recognize this because I've printed out the PDF, right? <laughs> oh, that's Into what it trash. looks like when you print out the PDF. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm I'm also on my phone. I'm putting the file into the the trash trash. and then I'm going into the trash (laughs) and I'm emptying it so the file doesn't even exist on my phone is it on the cloud yeah so now I'm going into my cloud and I'm removing it from the cloud completely (laughs) I'm disabling the cloud delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. 
Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that was great. Well, anyway, that was so awesome, so fun. And now something that's less fun. Let's get in to Johnny Jokes. <laughs> From Hollywood, here's Johnny's! <laughs> I thought you were going to say from Fighter Town, USA. Uh, no. Uh, it's a good slide. <laughs> Shepherd's oh, Town. All right, let's get into these. Uh, maybe you heard about this. In a recent interview, Kim Kardashian opened up about her relationship with Kanye West, including claims that he hit her. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, including claims that he's Hitler. Oh. <laughs> read that wrong. Don't know how. I wrote it, but I read it wrong. Uh, maybe you heard about this study. Different subject. Uh, according to new scientific research, over 50 species that were thought to be mute have now made sounds. Yeah. Uh, these species include turtles, reptiles, and Jewish husbands. <laughs> Suddenly making noise. <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> Are they? They're they're being called oysters. <laughs> yes, oysters. I'm going to call myself. I'm going to call myself that. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, After a nearly three-year wait, John Krasinski is back as Jack Ryan. And producers are saying this year that the tone is a little lighter. Uh, Yeah, uh, apparently in the season premiere, uh, Jack and his sidekick Dwight have to smuggle a fax machine out of a Kabul Kinkos. (laughs) Kabul Kinkos. Kinkos. Comedy right. words. And yeah. now, in honor of Goldie, I'm going to end with a Norm. Nice. All right. Uh, Nor- in honor of Norm as well. Uh, singer John Mayer says he's ready to reveal the inspiration for his song, Your Body is a Wonderland. Uh, I'll take a guess. Tits. <laughs> <laughs> My body is a blunderland. <laughs> Johnny too. Keep in mind, I, I I wrote most of these. I was on vacation and did not want to do this at all. They're always good. Always They're good. always okay. good. Well, <clears throat> a retired teacher is being accused of killing her much younger boyfriend with antifreeze. Ooh. Yeah. Of course, it's rude to talk about while a body is still warm, which it will be for a few months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because of the antifreeze. Antifreeze. <laughs> okay. Well, Disney is in a kerfuffle as they are soon set to lose their trademark on Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Apparently, they're panicking that someone will get a hold of the character and somehow make him interesting. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great joke. That's a thinker a little bit. I love that. Well, 
Uh, it's come out that newly elected Republican Congressman George Santos lied about going to college, defaulted on his rent, fraudulently implied he's Jewish, and hid that he was once married to a woman in spite of claiming to be gay. <laughs> the Republican Party has taken swift action, blasting him as overqualified. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got him again. Yes. We did. And I, I'm going to end as well on a, Ooh, on a Norm. Right. Love Here it. we go. Norm McDonald. In a new survey, women shown a photo of a big penis and then a man's face thought the man had a better personality because of the big penis. <laughs> yeah. They also said, who cares about that? He has a big penis. It's <laughs> 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 great. Oh, great. God. So, uh, fans, listeners, we are <laughs> so excited today. Um, I know... We get excited about guests on this show, but all the other guests are now in the garbage bin because today we have a true legend of Hollywood and one of the the nicest people in Hollywood. We have Mr. Henry Winkler is here with us today. Sir, Yay. welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I, You know what is welcome. so funny? I just aged nine or ten years. Are you calling me sir? No, and I'll, <laughs> and, and I'll tell you why I called you sir. And that was very calculated because ah. you are you are a sir. And I wanted to ask you about that up top. You are what's known as an OBE, which I believe yes. stands for Order of the British Empire. Yes. So that means... That you went to a ceremony with yes. the queen who gave no, you the I, no. I I never I was gypped. I never <gasps> met the queen. Well, who was it? Marion Ross? Who who stood no, Marion Ross <laughs> is a queen. Yes. I, I gotta admit it. One of the great women of our time. I was doing uh, a wonderful movie, Here Comes the Boom yes. in Boston. And I was supposed to go to Washington to meet the now king of England, uh -huh. Charles. Yes who was going to give me my, yeah, and I couldn't go because we were filming. Oh, no. So I went eventually to the embassy in Washington, and I was given uh, the, by the ambassador, uh, Lord Schwatzen something something, uh, <laughs> and his lovely wife, Lady Schwatzen something something, <laughs> and uh, Jamie Gengel and Daniel Silva, were my um were my posse. Oh. Wow. Does this make you want to take Prince Harry's side on everything? <laughs> yes. No, you know, I I know. <laughs> I to walk away from that he he must have been led into the pasture. I'm not I'm not sure Harry made that decision to Totally from his gadarum. Uh, so you're saying <laughs> that you're what? What if I'm reading between the lines? You're saying maybe sometimes you have a wife who has a certain <laughs> agenda, and then that becomes your agenda, and that becomes your agenda. Yes, I'm. Mm. I'm thinking. I'm not sure. I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're, you're quite <laughs> a thinker. Fair, and and on that topic, so the reason that you received yes. this prestigious honor of OBE. Yes was for your children's books, Hank Zipser yes. books. And I was reading about this. Can you can you tell us a little bit about how these books came to be? I'll tell you exactly how they came to be. 
You know, people always say to me, wow, you've reinvented yourself so many times. And I said, well, I was desperate. <laughs> I couldn't get hired as an actor, you know, um, in, in uh, really from the time I uh, finished Fonz yeah. until somewhere in the 2000s, yes. I did a Broadway play. Uh, with John Ritter. That was great. Oh, awesome. Um, but I couldn't get hired on television because people, like, I did screen. Right. And they mm -hmm. said, we can't put your name on screen. We can't put you on the uh, on the, the poster because you were the Fonz. But then wow. they regretted that because you became so popular in that movie that they actually, I believe, asked you to come around and do press with everyone. So Unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> But anyway, so I couldn't get hired. So somebody, Alan Berger, actually, who is the 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 godfather of Hank Zipser, said, write books for children about your dyslexia. Yeah. And I said, I can't write because I am dyslexic. And I'm, <laughs> I've been told I was stupid. He said, I'm going to introduce you to Lynn Oliver. We had lunch and uh, 28 uh, books. And now... Wow. 39 novels later. Wow. Whoa. So the thing is, for anybody who's listening, first of all, I hope you have the greatest new year. Number Thank two, you. you have no idea what you can accomplish until you just put one foot in front of the other. That's amazing. Yeah. God. Goldie, what are we doing? It's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I'm putting one foot behind the other. Yeah, I, think. I know. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm in a slow <laughs> retreat somehow. <laughs> No, but, but it's that is amazing. And I, I, I like so do you just never I, do you do this every day? Do you write or no, 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 no. Um, uh, we have brand new books coming out in uh, the in this new year. Uh, and the, this one is about a little duckling who lives on a pond in, in New Hampshire. And she wants desperately to be a detective. <laughs> and so, so it's cute. detective duck and she's also environmentally uh very aware and then when we write uh it is for a very specific um project and then other times i write birthday cards well uh, birthday <laughs> cards we're, we're we're okay at that birthday cards you got to scramble to make up for your bad year with your wife usually so you you get pretty good at those but so for these hank zipser books uh, as you pointed out, you are dyslexic, and right. this was something that was diagnosed later in your life. Yes. So you probably went through school thinking, "I just can't do it," and people telling you, "You're no, you're no good at at work and studying." Have yes. you have you found that by releasing these books, do you hear back from people saying thank you? I'm telling you, I'm Alec. It is like a um, a gift. I did it as a as a placeholder. Right. I did it um, uh, be, to see what, if it's possible to uh, to make a living. Right. And out of that came children saying, "How did you know me so well?" Because wow. then you learn. I learned along the way. You write what you know. You write your center, yes. and it's everybody's center. Amazing. Amazing. So that's just like, it's like passive gratuity. It just keeps coming oh back to you through God. this. That's great. And then every age, I mean, you know, uh, uh, I got the, the, uh, the, the medal uh, from England because I went into every school. It is my mission 
my mission to let every child know school is the law, but it does not define your brilliance. Oh, oh, such a wow. great message. I got goosebumps just thinking about yes. it, as Danny yeah. Smith, well, my friend, would say. For me, it was the one place I ever did well, and now I feel like... Where, where did you grow up? Invalidated. We're from Mass... We're both from Massachusetts. Both from Massachusetts? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. But I wonder, just hearing that, because reading some about your background, that you're, you know, your parents wanted you to be academically inclined, and, and that, you know... Well, show I was an embarrassment was- to them, and I have seen that over and over again. I would be at a school, and uh, this actually happened. A a young 10-year-old came up to me with um, his mom, and uh, I was standing with the principal, and the mom was pissed off. Her son was just diagnosed as being dyslexic, and she said, and now he's not going to get into the middle school I wanted him to go to. Yeah. I, I took the child aside. I said, I'm telling you, we are we are a band of brothers. Oh. I am exactly you, even though I'm American, you're English, it doesn't matter. You are so smart and you don't listen to anything else. Oh. I thought I wanted to take that mom and put her in stocks. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> yes. we we talk a lot about this on this podcast of, about like we go kind of deeply into our own ther- therapy and our own background. Like do these books... I mean, did your parents witness your incredible success? Were they alive yeah, but you to know see what? it? I'm like Goldie, by that time, I didn't care. That's, that, that was I, my I question. didn't need them to be proud of me when I figured it out. Yeah. I needed them to be proud of me when when I... Uh, when you needed uh, it. When I was, you know, falling down a, a dark hole every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's... I mean, it's such a great gift that you're giving to so many people to make them Didn't feel. know. Didn't know. Started, as I said started as a lark and turned into oh my god this look at this i know well that's the yeah. best way it developed it sounded like a rabbi oh yeah this. <laughs> this is a nice thing we'll fresh we'll eat it'll be a, a little bagel no janice, you're, you're way too charismatic to be a rabbi janice yeah. where are you from I'm from California, Mill Valley, California. Mill Valley. Thank you for asking. Yep. Oh, yeah. She's she's the moral center of this podcast. You'll you'll she find is. out. Is that true? Um, <laughs> now, you you mentioned um, you 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 brought up the Fonz, and of course that's love the Fonz. That's something a lot of people know. And yes. I saw your your recent tweet where uh, a man had come from Canada first time to L.A. and his first stop was along the Walk of Fame to pay homage to the Aww. Fonz at your star. And it should you, be. That's the way it should be. Exactly. (laughs) And you had a very nice message of thank you and welcome, which I think is typically you. And and so, of course, many people, this was the the first way they knew you was uh, on Happy Days. And instantly you kind of explode to become this number one star on television. And that sounds amazing. But Tell us a little bit, because we're, we're, we like to focus on the negative here, as Goldie uh, points out. What are some of the challenges of, of being known as Arthur Fonzarelli? Because I'm sure at first it was like, holy shit, and then probably there's a different kind of holy shit that you didn't think about. Well, remember, I went from being a very short person from a German-Jewish home in New York to somebody wants my socks without <laughs> taking off my shoes. <laughs> but here it is. I think I think that there is a correlation 
to the dyslexia and the lack of self-image that these people are talking about somebody over there. It can't be me. Right. I know who's inside. Yeah. So I never bought the Kool-Aid. I never thought, yeah, I can walk on water. Yeah. yeah. I can <laughs> I can just step right on hippopotamus's heads and get myself across the river because that's who I am. Oh, I, w- I was telling Alec this morning that, so the Fonz came out, I, I don't know, I was, you know, six, seven years old and I, yes. I didn't know who the president was, but I knew who the Fonz was. And mm-hmm. to me, the I was watching a documentary on Charles Chaplin and the Charlie Chaplin. There's an analog to the tramp, like the Fonz became this character and this icon that, you know, Charles Chaplin, there was a guy who called himself Charles Applin and made 40 movies. Like, I feel like there are a lot of derivative performances of the Fonz. Um, but then, you know, like we would see that character diluted in other things. And did you look at that and was that gratifying? Was it enraging? Or at the time, did you have no reaction and you were just like, I need this week's script. I'm so absorbed in the minutia of being the Fonz. I'm like, I'm not really aware. Of well, it. I loved I loved who I worked with. Mm-hmm. I worked with the genius of Gary Marshall. Yes. And uh, Jerry Paris. Jerry Paris directed what, 230, 240 uh, episodes of the 255 we did. Um, I worked with Ron Howard. So nice. Who was one of the great acting partners on the earth. Um, And then, you know, the Mrs. C, uh, Marion, who was just 94, who is, what a woman. Yes. Donnie and uh, and Anson. Anson, who played Potsy, just ran for mayor and lost by 40 votes oh. in Ojai, California. Oh. Oh, my goodness. How about that? I mean, That's that where I'm journey. sitting right now. I <laughs> loved it. What I didn't understand was I thought I could beat the system. I thought I could beat typecasting, talking about it, being so different. And there is no beating the system. But if I look at the the whole, the Fonz was so much fun and was so important in my growth as a person on the earth. I, you like my study? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Fonz decorated it. <laughs> totally. It's pretty Thank cool. Pretty yeah, cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> Well, now, a, a question. Do you think in today's cultural climate, uh, do you think a Jewish actor gets that part? Wow, that's a good question. I don't know. You mean it would have to be a tall Italian? Well, not, I'm not even bringing height into it. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, the the Italian I Jewish think thing. think tall. <laughs> think tall. You, yeah. you, you, you seem tall. Yeah, I never even considered You seem tall to me. Yeah. Believe me, you seem larger than life on that show. But... I, I often wondered that because, you know, they, they there's, you know, there's kind of fusses made about stuff sort of like that today. And I just wonder if it's like, well, no, it has to be an Italian who plays the Fonz. You know what? I bet that that's probably true. Um, you know, that uh, uh, why it, it should be authentic. Uh, the character should and the, the actor uh, should be of the the same um, uh, fiber, right. I would imagine. However, that really undermines the very profession of acting. 
Uh, yes. We agree. We're we're in agreement yes. with you here. My <laughs> yes. my job is to create a big Italian tough who is like a big brother who is takes care of his friends, but don't mess with me. <laughs> right, <laughs> and you did that so well. Now on this podcast, because we've all worked uh, in various forms of of television shows, multicams, animated, uh, yes. JCs uh, from SNL, um, where I know you have some great connections there as well. But can you tell us a little bit about when Happy Days began? It was a a single camera on film show, and it made a switch to a multicam show with a studio audience. Do you remember how that came to be? I do. I do. Uh, we did it. Uh, every every show we did was like we shot for three or four days with one camera, like a little movie right. on the set. On the 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 lot of Paramount became everything. They built Arnold's. They we used the That's mill cool. where they build other sets. Right. Uh, the you know the garage that took care of the trucks as my garage, and then we were now there were about a hundred shows on at that time, only a wow. hundred. Yeah, and we were forty eighth, but that was not good enough. Right, and ABC was going to cancel us, and Gary, as a hail mary, said, "Hey, let me do it as a three camera. We'll see wow. what happens. It'll be with an audience." And <laughs> that sounds just that. like him. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And 1975, September, in front of a live audience. Ron Howard never did it before. I'm trained in theater school. I'm looking at this movie kid. There was like no water off his back. It was like he has done it all his life. Wow. And we went from almost canceled to number one for nine years. That's amazing. So uh, Gary Marshall, clearly one of his many right ideas because he, <laughs> he, he nailed it. I mean, you can't, you can't have a better idea. Than he was that. very generous. He was a, a most generous person. You know, he then started to build his empire. And if I had trouble, they would call Gary down and he would go, let me think about it for a minute. <laughs> and then he would tilt his head and he answered my question 55 times. Then I had to figure out, so what is the best solution? Right, right. He had so many answers. I heard a, a story in the writer's room that he used to say to the writers, okay, they'd be in a tough situation. And he, he would say, if someone can get us out of this scene, I'll give you a sweater. <laughs> Did he ever give you a sweater? No. <laughs> He gave me a life, but he never Aww. gave me a sweater. Well, you're doing fine sweater-wise. I love your sweater. Yeah, I have to yes, buy my too. own. That's a great, great <laughs> color choice. today. Yes. But thank you. Thank yeah. you. But I, I will tell you that um, Gary had in the writer's room a man named Harry, who was 77, and a young man, 21, and everybody in between. Wow. And everybody wrote from their experience. Wow. That's beautiful. that helps. Yeah. At Family Guy, we go from about 77 down to 45. <laughs> those are our, those <laughs> so are you our young kids. Younger, don't you? 
Um, now, before, because I know we've asked a lot of questions about about uh, happiness. Can I ask but you a I, question? What try. writer's room are we talking about? We're talking about Family Guy, where oh, wow. where you <laughs> just recently did a fantastic job playing Thank a part you. for us. It's so good, in fact, that our other showrunner, Rich Appel, who I believe you've probably met in some way, shape, or form over the years, we watched the screening that had your part in it, and he leaned over to me in the middle and he said, Who's doing that voice? He's excellent. And I was like, that's Henry Winkler. <laughs> and he's like, of course it is. Of course it is. Did I did I run? Do I remember correctly? Did I run into the cafeteria because I wanted um I wanted to get the food first? Correct. Correct. Yeah, you that, remember? That's me in real life. There's no <laughs> no whole, acting. Family hold back. Well, that came across. I can tell you that much. Um Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. But one more cool thing I, I I read about it, and I'd love for you to share the story. There's the iconic moment that they uh, ended up using in the in the intro for Happy Days, where you're going to comb your hair, and then you decide, hey, I look perfect, <laughs> and and it be- sort of became like the essence of the Fonz. And and I read something about how that moment came to be. Do you remember I how do. that happened? I do. Okay. Yeah. So I made a deal with myself. I would never comb my hair because every character, uh, every actor who's played this character had a comb in their back pocket or like always stood in front of the mirror and combed their hair. Um, I I did it in the Lords of Flatbush. Right. And I made a deal with myself. I'm going to I'm going to try and come up with other stuff. So I don't you know, that's like cliche. So I said to the director, I it it says here to go and comb my hair. (laughs) But. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and he said, they wrote it, so go and do it. <laughs> and so I walked, I swear to God, I you go with inspiration. I walked to the mirror. I pulled out the comb and I went, look at that. I don't have to because it's perfect. <laughs> and I was true to myself, but doing what they told me to do. And that defined the character for the next 10 years. Yeah, it was just such a great moment. It's you know, it's one of the most uh, iconic moments in TV history. So you abs- absolutely made the right choice wow, there. Thank you. But here it is. What is really interesting for me, anyway, in my life at that time, I could not stand up for myself. I did not have a real core, a a strong um, sense of me. But in my work. When I was working, somehow I had the nerve to do whatever came into my head. Yes. Amazing. I did a play 
in um, when right out of drama school, I went to the repertory company at Yale, and then I went to Cincinnati uh, Playhouse in the Park, where one of the best restaurants in uh, in in America is in Cincinnati, Ohio. Wow, what do you want to call Boca? Boca, okay. Yeah, just remember that if you ever go. But anyway, so I'm I'm at the Cincinnati Playhouse in the Park. The director is Oz Scott, and. He said to me after opening, he said, you know, when we were rehearsing the play, I thought to myself, I might have made a very big mistake hiring you. I had no idea what you were doing. But (laughs) all of that brought you to tonight. I would just do everything and then clear it all out and be left with who I thought the character was. So you were able to get to the center of characters more easily than you were able to get to the center of yourself, it sounds like. Well put. As a matter of fact, I'm stealing the line. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, please steal it. Take it. You can have that. Uh, Now, I have a, a related question about that era of entertainment, which has always fascinated me. Were you drafted into the battle of the network stars? And if so, do you still have PTSD? Okay. I was drafted... And uh, I had my physical, and they sent me home. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did they really say you don't have to do it? No, I really said, I, you know what, I, I will do a lot of stuff, but I can't do this. <laughs> Good oh, for you. God this bless you. This is not me. I'm not a, I'm not, I learned to play baseball with the Happy Days ball team, and all I knew was how to pitch. Right. I couldn't catch. I couldn't hit very well. We traveled all over the world with me doing just that. I, oh. I never was a sports person except for the water skiing. I was a, a water ski instructor in summer camp. Right. Oh, okay. And that's where the jump the shark uh, yeah, came from. My, my very short uh, German father said, <laughs> tell Gary Marshall that uh, you water ski. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do that. No, no, no. Tell him very important. And when you visit the president, take cake. <laughs> Take cake. Well, and there, there's kind of a now that uh, since JC has brought it up, there there is a misconception about that moment. I feel like people. I, I, yeah, go I got to interject. Yeah. I love that episode. I, it's it's insane to me that people are like oh jump the shark. It's like it's very exciting. I love it. Like if, yeah. if any TV show you tell me, hey, this character you like is gonna on water skis jump over a shark. Hello. What doesn't add up for that? For <laughs> people, with it's you. great. And, and here's the thing. They made a big schmuckus over it, right? And everybody was complaining about it. We were number one for like in the next four or five years. That's what matter. I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. People think jumping the shark, oh, that's the moment when things go downhill. But Happy Days stayed on top for yeah. long yeah. after that. So It's I think awesome. It is awesome. Writing is the beginning and the end. Yes. When you talk about that this show is about writing, writing is you cannot do one other job until you've got the page. Excuse me, right. I just belched. Fit right in. If it's not on the page, it is not on that stage. That's you right. can stand on your head and spit wooden nickels. You're not going to make it better if the writing is not great. If it's not on the page, it's not on the stage. I'm stealing that line. Thank you very much. (laughs) Now, here's something that I certainly didn't know about you, and I'm I'm hoping you can shed a little light on this. Um, You, is this true that you helped? Okay, thank you. I love that. (laughs) See, our our fans can't see this, but he's shedding a little light. Literally, yeah. (laughs) You helped to develop MacGyver. 
Is this true? Yes. Now, so I have an office at uh, Paramount Studios. Happy Days is done. And I fall into, I guess, a depression. I have psychic pain in my head because I have no plan B. Right. So I've just lived plan A to the stars. Plan A plus. To the the universe. Can I say plan A? A very good use of that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be friends with you. But um, I didn't know what to do. And my lawyer, Skip Brittenham III, said, I'm going to make a company for you. I said, that's crazy. I don't, uh, I can't do that. And he said, you'll learn. And the very first uh, show that my company produced was MacGyver. Wow. We took it to ABC. I had an air uh, on-air commitment, which uh, very few people have now, except for like Ryan Murphy and Shonda Rhimes. Right. Yeah. If I brought uh, ABC a show and they liked it, they would put it right on television. I wouldn't have to go through the development process. And the first thing I sold to Ann Daniel in the room with vice president of ABC at the time, MacGyver. Wow. With, That's uh, amazing. My partner at the time, John Rich. Wow. And I bet John Rich is a good name if you develop MacGyver. Good I mean, name. Yeah. Not necessarily a person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But we That's... should not speak ill of the dead. Uh, that's true, oh, right. unless true, true. they deserve it. Um, well, so that thank you for shedding light on that. I, I, I yeah. was fascinated by that because. Do you I, then also get some development credit lingering on MacGruber because of that, oh. having no. come up with the original? No, I just get laughs. <laughs> yes, so funny. Right. We're, we're there laughing with you. Now, again, MacGruber is a good segue because uh, obviously Will Forte, a great SNL guy. And and you were and wonderful you, fellow, uh, so nice, so wonderful nice, fellow. and un, and gifted co- a comedian, just so yes, funny, makes you laugh just by his facial expressions. Yeah. Um. You talk about this period, and you've mentioned it a couple times now, where you had been typecast coming out of Happy Days. It right. was difficult for you to find the next thing, and then. You are famously mentioned in Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song. Yes. And the way I heard it was you then nicely reached out to him to say, hey, thank you for mentioning me. And that led to you working with him numerous times. Is that how yeah. it went? It, it was amazing. Um, I did. I, I called him because my stepson, Jed, uh, worked for Brillstein Gray at the time. They managed him. Oh. Got me to be able to talk to him and just say, I am so thrilled that I'm in your song. Yes. That's so cool. I've seen you. I you're I love you. He invited me to his house because I think on Sundays he used to play basketball. Maybe he still does. Makes he's sense. a good player. He's a good player. Yeah. He's he's oh he's so good. And his new movie, Hustle, is really uh, wonderful. Yeah, he's, he's cranking out anyway, good work. I'm there with all these stars. Jim Carrey is there. Brad Pitt is there. Wow. I'm intimidated. I, I didn't play ball. <laughs> I'm, and then I'm doing the worst movie ever made by <laughs> men and women in, in the world. I think it is called Control Tower, starring, um, uh, oh, my God, who was he? He was uh, the president of the United States in um, 24. 
Oh, uh, oh, Kiefer uh, Sutherland. Kiefer and his father's Donald. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Keefe is the star. Yes. The old Keefster. Keefster. <laughs> they they have now fired two directors. Kiefer Sutherland is now directing for one day until oh. they hire somebody else. Oh. It was, I'm telling you, but during this time, as I am in the men's room, ping, I get a phone call. Would you like to uh, be in Adam Sandler's movie, The Water Boy? Oh, oh, yes. I said, can you hold on for a minute? <laughs> I, I said, okay, now I'm, I'm ready. I'm, yes, I would. <laughs> I would. And I got then to uh, to work with him. I got then to work with him many times. Yes. I think I've done like five films of varying lengths. It's amazing because it's a great two-way street because I'm sure for someone like Adam Sandler, when he's coming up with the Hanukkah song and he puts you in it, it comes from a place of love and admiration. Like he recognizes you, as he points out in the song, as sort of the top of a Jewish pyramid. You're cool oh, yes. and you're Jewish, which is rare. You get mentioned in the <laughs> song. He likes you. You go back to him and say, thank you. And then this this comes out of it. So that's that's really, it's just yeah. like a great way that, that Hollywood works. Well, he's a wonderful guy. As a matter of fact, just a, a, a few months ago, I, he called and said, would you interview me at a SAG event for Hustle? And I said, it would be my pleasure. And we sat there for an hour and I just was asking him questions and telling stories about, I I just love this man. Yeah, that's so nice. Every event is a SAG event when Jews are involved, by the way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So now we wanted to, of course... Talk a little bit about Barry, which is so great. Oh, my and, God. And you're fantastic. You, what, you're surprised by this? No, I just, <laughs> I am so grateful. I can't tell Aww. you. Well, and, yeah. and you had a, this is a similar experience. And this is, we talked about up top, you're not only, you know, a, a, a Hollywood legend, but you are also an incredibly nice guy. And people love you. And among them is Bill Hader. Because I read that when Bill Hader was physically giddy when he because he wanted you for this part. And then when you came well, into it, he took a- his sweet time, let me tell you. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to, from the time I auditioned, and then I had to go back and audition a second time. Uh, and then they, they, I waited a long time <laughs> finally to call and say, yes, you've got the role. Uh, well, so, so maybe this is revisionist history, where now that you've been so <laughs> successful. Me off. <laughs> well, I wanted to bring something up because I read that you, you had found some interesting parallels between Barry and your time on Happy Days. Um, for instance, when you started Happy Days, you were 27. When you started, Barry, you were 72. True. It was filmed on the same soundstage on Paramount. One scene, yes. We, the, the scene when I found out, when, it, when the realization hit me that it was Barry Berkman that killed the love of my life, and I sat up in the bed at the end of season yes. two, that was on stage 19 where we filmed nine years of Happy Days. So that's so Whoa. crazy. So now on Happy Days, as we discussed, you were absolutely explosively popular uh, with the masses. And now on Barry, you're explosively popular with the critics. So 
is there one kind of popularity you prefer to the other, or is it all part? It all just had to happen this way. Do you know what? I can I tell you? Here is the truth. I'm working. Yes. I had a dream. I was lying in a bed on the west side of New York City. I dreamt it like I dreamt it so hard. I literally I set my sheets on fire. <laughs> and here I am. Unbelievable. On, uh, on this late day in December of 2022. And I'm still working. I have nothing else to say. Oh, Amazing. That's fantastic. And now just a, a quick question. What was it yeah. like work? What was it like working with Wes Anderson? You were in uh, the French Dispatch, like because we worship his movies. Well, you know what? He is a dear, gentle, well-dressed yes. um, visionary. He is so focused and clear about there were on the set of uh, the French Dispatch crates in the warehouse next to the warehouse that they used for the sets furniture that he picked up all over Europe. I imagine that he was going to use at some time during that movie, he would, would, would set up a shot for two and a half hours. And I'm telling you, we were on a bridge um, with the wind coming from both sides in the middle of February in the South of France, the prop um, man was so um, caring. He brought Bob Balaban and I water bottles to stand on because it was so cold, we could no longer feel our existence. Oh, no. <laughs> and when you're an actor in that position, do you say to yourself, hurry the fuck up? Or do you say to yourself, this guy has a vision and we got to just ride with it? It's all the same sentence. Will you <laughs> hurry the fuck up with your incredible vision? <laughs> That's so well said. Well, we're, we're not going to we're not going to take up much more of your time. You've been very generous with us. Thank you. Um, and with yourself, hopefully. Um, <laughs> I'm having a great time. You know, let, let's say, Alec, uh, yeah. uh, you and I really met on Twitter. We did. We did. I you followed you. You were on so Twitter. kind to me. You were so kind to me on Twitter. I cannot tell you what a a mention uh, when you when you would comment a subtweet. I think they call it on on my tweets. Like that means so much to me and i also think it's it's such a testament to you because i will tweet some some you know little pun or something like that <laughs> and then you will tweet a reply to it your reply gets like 2000 likes whereas my original tweet has like you know 200 which is it's such a great testament to you but it also it, you know you gave me a lot of traffic back when that mattered it was all back when twitter was like kind of a nice fun oh, it's place so sad because i love twitter i know it's kind of turning do. to shit which is too it bad it really is terrible and i don't know quite how to get on an, or, you know, start up on another, I'm going to have to eventually. So I'm still there, but I read Twitter and I love it. It may calms me down on the set or um, uh, just when I have nothing going and I see something and it strikes me. There are times when I reach for the keyboard and I think, you know, you're just going to write something and you don't really care about it. So just take your fingers back. Yeah, that's a great, I wish more people thought that. So when I read something that you have written, 
and then it it inspires me it you're the start of the circle well that's that's just amazing for me so i i always appreciate it it's true i i appreciate that and i appreciated your support in any way there It, it meant the world to me so thank you and in fact this is i wanted to bring up one last little point yeah um for the last 2000 years or so We've had this guy, Jesus Christ, who's been considered king of the Jews. Do you think it's time we pass that title on to you? (laughs) I'm not sure that I can. Um, I'm not sure I can take it. Uh, There is so much in my past that is so checkered. I could start a car race. (laughs) And uh, I want to say, really, I'm I'm just a big old flag. (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm so good being Henry and being grateful, and I loved uh, spending this time with the three of you. Uh, well, oh, thank you. You same. are great being thank Henry. You. We thank are you. grateful for you, and uh, we thank you so much for your time today. Henry Winkler, thank you so much for thank being here. Have a great, so great new year. And for the families I don't know, um, my best to them and to Tall, a big hug. Yes. And what a pleasure, really. What pleasure was ours. Pleasure yes. was ours. Thank you yes. so much. Thank, thank you. you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Oh, God. Henry Winkler, thank you. Wow, he was the best. That was yes. so awesome. What an honor. That was amazing. For us. Yes. And now let's just get right into a part of the show we like to call Top Five. Top Five. Oh. Who wants to go first? <laughs> Don't say that. We know the order now. <laughs> Uh, JC, tell them what we're top five and about today. Top five things. Wait, sorry. <laughs> top five ways to show appreciation. Bidi bidi bidi. Top five ways to show appreciation. appreciation. All right, JC, kick us off. Okay, so um, my number five is um, it's like a. These all are in the same category, so it'd be like a letter or an email or a sure. phone call, you know, mm-hmm. communications. Yeah, I appreciate you. Four, which may, could have been higher, is time slash space. You either you give them your time and share space with them or you give them time and space away from you. Yes. So it's like, what, Ooh, that's <laughs> what a good one. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> um, number three is surprise them with a gift. Yeah, sure. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, number two, uh, having patience, patient listening. It's it's another form of time, but you know, it's sort of just like you know, be present and and I don't know, be act like you want to hear what they're saying. All right, I, d- <laughs> I didn't listen to that one, but what's your number one? I know, <laughs> perfect. Okay, number one. Um, this is part of the like um, love languages thing. I think all of these are, but um, this is. Small acts of services, acts of service. So like um, getting your loved one a glass of water or, 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 oh, or or Lloyd, petting your pup, sending photos of Lloyd to Goldie. Yes. Um, Yeah. Goldie sends me links to pugs all the time. I think that's a nice show Adoptable pugs, if anyone wants on that list. Yeah. By the way, we're in the market for another pug and Tal just started sending me I'll start sending you some. I I know every pug available in the United States. The the more the more damaged, the better. Honestly, yeah, and older maybe. Yeah, yeah, we like older, damaged. Oh, there's one that Goldie you sent where one of them has 
like their eyes are really they're they have like mental disorders or something. Yeah, no, I think I think Tall just sent me that one because I just got one that said special needs. Yes. yes. (laughs) So that's probably it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, all right, we're excited for that. Okay, so I'm gonna get into my list of ways to show appreciation. And five, very Jewish. Money. (laughs) Money doesn't work on my wife, but works on most people. Money. (laughs) Uh number four, simple, a hug. A hug, just a nice hug where your hat's a touching. That's nice. nice hug. I don't have anything uh, like that. That's uh, oh, I always go I always go heart to back. <laughs> <laughs> heart to back assault hug. I yeah. love that. Oh, so dick in dick in butt appreciation. Uh, <laughs> Wayne in the ass. <laughs> Wayne in the ass, ass to ass. Oh, uh, right. entering asshole. Oh, yeah. That's so great. <laughs> Both JC's shows. Um, number three for me is praise. Oh, you know, just like you let yes. someone know through praise that, uh, you know, how much you care about them. I tried yes. that with Goldie. It doesn't work. So maybe a lot of these aren't working for me. Um, yeah. num- number two. Yeah, go ahead. Try go the ahead. old dick to butt hug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After a nice game of dogfight football. Yes. <laughs> Great job out there, pal. Whoa. He really does care. There's no rules to anything anymore. I love it. Uh, number two, this sounds old fashioned, but a nice handshake. Oh. I found oh, yeah. that like there's, there, there's a time and a place where a handshake can really convey that sense of appreciation. And number one, this is so general, and you kind of touched on it in your number one, JC, but love, love, love is the love answer. Is love. Hmm. Love is all you need. <laughs> Goldie. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> number five, Starbucks gift card. <laughs> Here, I owe you. Here's something. <laughs> Most people like this. We're done. <laughs> Transaction completed. Completed. Yo, that's so good. Yes. Number four, have an emotional breakdown in the other person's presence. Oh, that's oh, good. Yeah. To just show you're, you, yes. you got a lot of emotion about it. You can't even that contain really it. That really does work. That it does. So does. You, you, and, it's, and it gets you. you know, they work. get it. They understand what you're trying to convey. Yes. Number three. A donation has been made in your name. No. Whether it has or not, no one will ever verify. But if it has, then you should feel good. Someone's mentioned you while they gave money to support something that you may or may not support. Oh, Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. 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 Number two. Money. <laughs> money. Money. Yeah, I wanted sweet, to, sweet money. Yeah, I wanted to put mine higher too, but I, I decided to yeah. bury it at five. Mine is gift. That's the same. <laughs> my version of that is <laughs> number one: an authentic, genuine, handwritten note. Oh, oh you're right. That the person Very can nice. hold on to and lord over you forever. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you said this gushy stuff? Yep. <laughs> You care. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Goldie, what do we have next week? Okay. Are you ready for this? We're ready. <laughs> I hope so. Top five things you'd want to be named if you could name yourself. Oh. Ooh. 
that's good. I that's love interesting. That's a fake yeah. I think it'll give us some insight as to how we see ourselves. <laughs> that's right. Our true selves. Uh oh. Don't put yeah. it like that. <laughs> Tom I'm Cruise. Art, I'm art, yeah, I'm already claiming Maverick. I was gonna say. <laughs> um, all right, that's a fun. I love that. Yeah, that's a fun that's list fun. this week. Thank you, JC, and thanks, Goldie, for next week. That's going to be fun. And now let's end the show as we do every week on a high note. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tom and Max. And by the way, uh, for those of you listeners who have been missing Tom Gamble, a.k.a. Morty, from our podcast, I'm told that he's going to have some free time coming up. And so we'll be getting him back ASAP. Um, And my high note this week is another simple one. I feel like my family's turning into stew for you, but it's, it's being with my family. We're on, on holiday uh, vacation here uh, in California and we've just been having the best time. Uh, Levy is now seven. Her vocabulary is just exploding daily. And she says the funniest things like every 20 minutes and it keeps tall and I in stitches and we're just having a great time. So that's my high note for the week. Awesome. Awesome high note. Nice. Uh, I'll go. Cool. So likewise, we were just on a nice trip to Hawaii and uh, it's very hard to find activities when you have kids that are five years apart and parents that are five years apart (laughs) that everyone will enjoy like it's almost impossible and and you sort of fall back on like oh let's get on our ipads or let's watch a movie or tv but my family and i uh through a company called Kauai backcountry adventures nice went on a uh tubing expedition oh that was one of the most fun things I've ever done. And I think one of the most fun things my family has ever done down a series of like canals that were built on a sugar plantation in in the twenties, I guess. And it was like through dark caves, almost like pirates wow. of the Caribbean. And there were parts where you were moving super fast and spinning around and crazy out of control. And then parts that were really lazy and people were splashing each other and flipping uh-huh. over. Anyway, <laughs> that was amazing. so fun. I was so, I was so glad to be able to do it. And I, I don't know, I, I, I'll, if you ever think of activities like this, if anyone does and wants to write in suggestions to help bring your family together, because I really feel like we were closer afterwards because we all had that good time together. That's oh, awesome. That's and if you do want to write those in, it's uh, a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. Activities for Goldie and his family. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so my high note, uh, last Friday... Stu and I, we were invited to um, a friend's latka party. Latka mm, party on Friday. Delicious. And it was so fun. They made everything from scratch. They even made a vegan version of latkas, which I couldn't tell the difference. We sang into the night. Um, it was like a you know, bunch of musicians. We sang like an acapella group. We sang all acapella songs. This guy would just teach us to them on the spot. And it was just one of those nights where I just came home feeling tired but fulfilled and I just want to be around people again which Aww. is kind of like I was kind of like I hate people I was going through this whole thing I'd go through that a lot but this time I'm like let's have them over we'll reciprocate we'll sing into the night we'll play board games you know it's just one of those things where it just sort of oh that's got awesome that, going again. that sounds great yes. what were do you remember any of the songs that were a particular highlight acapella well, they're old 
tags. So they're all from like barbershop quartets. And the one that we, one of them's called The Web, I think. They're all like from the 40s, like okay. songs from the 40s, I think. So I, I. It's one of them, Slow Ride. did you see any ink spots like if i didn't care (laughs) no no but that would be that would be cool uh Uh, that sounds like an awesome night awesome night and a great high note and i'm glad you're into people again give give goldie and i the secret and maybe we'll (laughs) we'll start getting into people too um well wow what a show today God, Sir Henry Winkler was awesome. It was fun talking about Top Gun. Yes. Just a great, great time. And he's an inspiration. I mean, just now still, like, makes you want to just do things that you had your mind on. You're like, I want to do that. Just do it. He's also just Jewish aspirational. I mean, he's like, he's, again, he's, I I think he could take over the title of King of the Jews. He didn't want it because he's a very humble humble guy, but he's got it in my book. He wanted it. He just didn't want to tell us. (laughs) (laughs) And the silent war between Goldie and Henry Winkler begins. (laughs) Um, But that was so fun. And we want to thank all of you for listening. Uh, We want to thank, I want to thank you two for being awesome. Thank you. And we will talk to you again next week. Yeah, about next week. That's a no go. That was fun. Happy New Year. And it stops right now. Like that.